0: This is the Blaze Radio on Demand.
1: Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for a hundred nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glen. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, American. welcome to Friday. A lot to talk to you today about, and I want to start with something that is apolitical. Every American needs to know what's going on with Vladimir Putin. He has now upped the game, and he is now financing and funneling money and guns and training to the alt-right in Europe for terror. This is important for you to understand because this truly is the new front. We have um, uh, ISIS that we are battling and Islamic extremism, but no one is paying attention to the alt-right that is being funneled and uh, uh, and funded and trained by Putin and his operatives. If it's happening in Europe, it most likely is already happening here. The terrifying Cold War levels of manipulation of the West by Putin right now.
2: I will make Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
1: Beck Program. It's amazing. Uh amazing. hello America and welcome to the program. I'm so I have to tell you, I just said to the, the guys, and this is not something that you just leave hanging there. I just said to the guys, I saw yesterday the scariest show. For a 13-year-old boy I've ever seen on masturbation, in, I mean, you can't imagine. It, I think it actually should be something that every parent sits down and says, hey, son, watch this. So, Well, first of all, I guess the, the question would be, how many shows have you seen? I haven't about, seen any. Okay. I haven't okay. seen any. Good. That's a good, but, that's a good, that's a good yeah, right answer. Yeah, right. But it is. And it is? It, it, it's the Black Mirror oh right yes okay have you seen this one i have not seen that one okay no it is about it's about a. no 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 you have to watch it it's unbelievable it's about a kid a 13 year old kid he's a great kid he is like he's going out and working riding his bike to the you know fast food restaurant he is polite he is everything you want your son to be he's lowly. uh and he he goes home they're watching a show on tv He gets some feelings, he goes up into his room, he opens up his laptop, he does his business, and it doesn't focus on any of this. It just then shows him looking at the screen, and the screen says, I saw what you did, and then the video of him in front of the screen. (laughs) And for an hour, what happens to this kid is... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Because this kid is all of a sudden blackmail. Freaked. And freaked out of his mind and doesn't think he can talk to anyone. It is powerful. It's powerful.
3: That show is freaking weird. Man.
1: I like that. Show I mean, a lot. I only saw the first two episodes of season one and. Uh, it's all, yeah. Don't watch season one because I didn't like season one. And I only watched maybe three episodes of that. First one. And I read a review. About three episodes of this season, which was just released, black, The Black Mirror." It Netflix: It's on Netflix. Yes. And um, I've watched and I've watched the first one, and I'm like, OK. And the first one is about Facebook likes. And it's, uh, the, the premise of Black Mirror is it's a mirror of the black side of us. It's the dark side of, of technology, of nobody's talking about the road that we're on. Right. Let me show you the dark side of everything that we like. And uh, so the first one is on how Facebook likes are, are, um, are, are taking over. The world is ruled by those likes, right? Correct. We're Correct. judged by that. And it shows a dystopian future of when that is all we care about. When we aren't looking at people, when we're only looking at did they like me, did they not like me. Uh, And when society is all about your social network, well, you can get a discounted rate on your apartment because you're a social leader. And so we want you to be tweeting and like Jeffy, Jeffy just got uh, the baseball bat from what's his name? Lucille. Yeah, Yeah, Lucille. Right. Because why? Because he's got a lot of followers and he does a show online about uh, the walking dead. And so he got something extra, and they're going to treat him like a star. So what happens... I mean, it's clear that... Yeah. yeah. So what happens? It's really a, a... It's one of these shows that you, you should watch uh, and, uh, and, and think. It's, it, is, it is the show that we've been talking about forever, about is somebody talking about the ethics yeah, the of where we're going. And at least the second season... I can't vouch for the first season. I didn't like the first season. The second season, spot on. Spot on. Okay. I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has upped the game and is now funneling money, training, and terror to the alt-right in Europe. We told you in a story two years ago that... um, this was already happening through, Vladimir, uh, through Alexander Dugan into our churches here in America. This, this is not political. This has nothing to do... I will be talking about this in greater detail after the election. I haven't brought this up during the election uh, in great detail. I've told you that I'm going to be doing some chalkboard things but i haven't done it because i know that it will fall on deaf ears and whatever i say will be turned into see he's just trying to help no this is a big principle i want to talk to you about this because a story broke yesterday that you need to know don't allow anyone to to minimize this warning by making it about politics by making it about uh, uh, trump or clinton the people I am going to tell you about were here long before Donald Trump even thought, maybe I'll run. They were here. We warned you about this when I was at Fox. This has nothing to do. And in fact, this would be happening if Ted Cruz were the nominee. This would be happening if Marco Rubio or anyone else were the nominee. This has nothing to do with Trump or his supporters, I would be telling you and issuing this exact same warning if Ted Cruz were the nominee, and I would be saying to his supporters, warning, watch yourself. There is something dangerous inside right now. This is not, for the last time, about politics. This is about our national survival. If you remember... When I was on Fox, I did a chalkboard, and I talked about the uh, uber-right. And remember, I I taught about the right and the left are different in Europe than they are here. We call them the alt-right here, but they are not. They are fascists. They are communist or socialist, national socialism. You cannot be an American right if you believe in socialism. The American right believes in small government. But we have allowed the media to define the American right as a European right. If we don't aren't careful, and the media isn't careful... I spent, Ellen, 15 minutes, 10 minutes on Dugan and this with the New York Times on Monday... ...and said, you must understand, these are not the Trump supporters... These are not the Tea Partiers. This is a subsection that is very nasty. And if you make these into the Trump supporters, you will shut down the hearing of everyone on the right and no one will listen to you. Because that's not who these people are. It is now officially happening in Europe... Uh, and it's only a matter of time before this happens here. I believe it already is. Here's what happened in Hungary. In, in Hungary, they have the neo-Nazis. And when I was on Fox, I told you that the watch for the hatreds of the 1930s, they will rise again. This was before the Golden Dawn Party in Greece. This was before any of this. The, the neo-Nazis are rising again. And they are getting great power because of what the EU is doing. A, they're forcing everybody to be the same. B, they're forcing everybody to take these refugees without any questions. It is causing the alt-right to, to have a fan base because they're the only ones saying, we have to stop this. And because they are well thought out, because they are well-financed, and because of Putin's influence as an invisible hand, they are gaining strength and popularity. Remember, when I talked about them, they had no seats. Now, in in, uh, many countries, the alt-right, not the conservative, but the alt-right, the neo-Nazi, the nationalist and fascist, are now, in many countries, 18 to 25% in national polls. They are gaining seats. There is a, what a surprise, cop-killing spree over in Hungary. The neo-Nazis are fueling a lot of this. And the cop-killing spree, as they went in and they caught one of these cop-killers... They found out, holy cow, look at, this is a neo-Nazi. This is an old neo-Nazi. He's 70 years old. He's been coordinating this. But they also found guns and training from Vladimir Putin's Russia. They now have their version of the FBI has on tape Russian operatives going over in Europe, specifically in this case, Hungary, coming in, and training uh, terrorists, alt-right terrorists, and they are saying, you, you are right, you've got to do this because of, of globalism, because of the EU, because of the banking. They are feeding people exactly what people want to hear and are turning them on, on things that we should be upset about. Globalism is real when Hillary Clinton, if she is elected and there is a downturn and a banking, a real banking prom, uh, crisis, I will tell you now her solution will be for nationalization of banks or a global bank that takes it over a global bank. This is the path we're on. It is my firm belief that Donald Trump will do the same thing because the experts that surround all of our politicians all believe those things. This will be in direct conflict with what people, you and me, people who live in our streets, in America, in Canada, in Europe, in Russia, everywhere will be against it. But Vladimir Putin has other designs. If you understand Neo-Eurasianism, uranium, say it, can you say it for me? Eurasianism, Neo-Eurasianism, uh, if you understand that, which we will get into at later date, if you understand that, he is correcting the mistakes of modernism. I want you are uh, the reason why I issued this warning yesterday and I can't give you a stronger warning. I don't know if I ever have on anything. Yesterday I wrote this on Facebook and said, "Look, there are some without getting into great detail, I'm going to be very general, but there are some things where you can spot their influence." This is a generalization and it is not always true. But if you take the time and read Facebook, you will notice that many times people are on Facebook and it's like th- what they're saying is not in their first language. You will see that th- what they're saying and how they're writing it is, not, is clearly not their first language. There are words that you may not have ever heard before or heard sparingly, But now all of a sudden they are everywhere and other terms and ideas that were not a conservative driving force. For instance, trade barriers. That's not conservative. How come trade barriers are now suddenly so huge? There are ideas that were never conservative, but most of us just go, huh, I must have missed something. I I don't know. All of a sudden this is everywhere. I don't know what that is. The way they're describing things with new spins. The ideas might sound really good. We just dismiss and support them or accept them. If you read Post, one of the easiest words to know you are now entering the world of the alt right is the conservative. (laughs) That word was nowhere. What the hell is a conservative? Right? How many times have you thought of that? This is a weird segment, man. We started out with masturbation shows, and now we're on to conservatives. Right. <laughs> this word is an easy word and an easy sign to see that the writer has either been deeply influenced without his knowledge, or is a member of the alt right. What is it? Conservative. Conservative. I don't know what that is. Uh, Play
3: off cuckold. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's not really stuff that we can yeah. particularly talk about, but it's basically, but it's, I mean, the, the, it's a, it started out as a racist slur, essentially, yes. saying that you don't, you care so little, you're giving up your wife to black people, is essentially the accusation. And,
1: and when you, when you are, okay. oh, we've been cuckolded. Right. Yes, yes. Okay. 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 Um, but notice it has its roots in racism. Of course. Uh-huh. Okay. So, conservative is a cuckold conservative, oh. and put together. This is a word specifically designed by the alt-right. So when you see that word, warning. That should be a warning sign. But most people are just like, yeah, I like that word. Or what is that word? They either dismiss it or they adopt it. Do not adopt, adopt it. We'll get into more of this here in a second. First, you have the right to defend yourself and your family. I am telling you now, an AK-47 or an or a, uh, AR-15 might be great to go out and buy. And yes, they are, they are going after those weapons. But a handgun, do you know that most of our weapons in America are not handguns? I would think that handguns would be a big deal. They're not. But that's what you have at your bedside. You don't have your AR at your bedside. You have a handgun at your bedside. If the world goes down and spirals out of control, your, first, your second amendment is about protecting yourself. Well, You're not going to be walking around with an AR over your shoulder, going out for dinner or going to the grocery store. It's a handgun. Don't dismiss and g- please look at buying a handgun. Please look at buying a handgun because that's what your wife will have in her purse. I want you to look at bond arms for the per- personal protection that you need that is so small it's like a cannon a a, a shotgun in your pocket it's bond arms do your homework visit bondbeck.com protect yourself and stand for the second amendment bondbeck.com that's bondbeck.com this is the glenbeck program
2: sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glenbeck.com mercury
1: The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom, and you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Use the promo code Glen, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash The promo code is Glen. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Terms and conditions do apply.
2: You're listening to the Glenn Beck program.
1: So, again, a hasty generalization on the what's happening with the influence of Russia. Uh, Russia a story came out yesterday about how Russia is now um, funding, running guns and training to the alt right in Europe. This alt right is burn the entire thing down. And out of the ashes of global chaos, we will rise. And the, the true alt-right, as it is understood in Russia and Europe and more so here in America, not by Trump or Trump supporters, but it is understood by people like Breitbart and Bannon, and I can say that because they've announced it and printed it themselves. They know what they're doing. And the idea is burn the entire thing down and out of the chaos we will rise and it is a very different world. It is not what Trump supporters or anybody else wants. Uh, And I'm issuing this warning. I'm telling you this is as important as the warning that I gave uh, before the collapse in 08, and the warning that I gave on the caliphate. More in a second. This
2: is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program.
1: This is going to require you to see nuance and to see um, uh, to see beyond generalizations, um, and that's what's going to make the alt right so dangerous in the future. And uh, I yesterday on Facebook I published a story about what Putin is doing in Hungary. You need to read it. You need to understand what is happening because it's happening over in Europe now, and it is happening here. Not hopefully not to this degree, but it will. If it's not, it will soon. Um, over in Europe, there are now Russian operatives that are training those in the alt-right how to fight, how to, they're even arming them, giving them guns, uh, and uh, and training them on how to cause chaos and terror. And you need to understand the role of Vladimir Putin. So I'm I, I want to give very hasty generalizations. Um, we'll get into this after the election with the chalkboard. I want you to know this has nothing to do with Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. This would be happening if Ted Cruz were the nominee today. It is vital that you understand this because this is something that we are going to be battling over the next, I don't know how many years. This is as important uh, as the understanding of the caliphate but I want to give you a quick generalization on how you know you're in the company of one of these people or one of these people who have been influenced, perhaps without their own knowledge. One of the things when you read on Facebook, if you see the word "conservative," run. That is an alt-right word. Uh, and it is it is uh, it, it's everywhere now, and people have adopted it online. Don't adopt it. It is a, a word that is a tell on who is influencing the mind of these people. There's also other things that are much less um, uh, apparent if you're just wrapped in to the world of us than us and them. Imagine, Stu, if I said to you now that you could no longer be an Eagles fan, you had to be a fan of the NFL uh and pat you could you could no longer be a fan of byu you had to be a fan of what the big 10 right or is that right is that right just college football college College football football. and Mm -hmm. and you would say well i'm i am a fan of college football i am a fan of the nfl but my team is yep but we don't play teams now we don't play teams now well they're still on the doesn't matter And they started phasing out and making everybody play in black and white uniforms. And every other game, they all switched uniforms. But it was just the NFL. And you were forced to cheer for, yeah, go NFL. (laughs) Imagine what the fans would feel. Well, that's what's happening with globalization. With things like the EU, we are in Sweden... If you hang the Swedish flag in front of your house, you are assumed to be a nationalist. The flag has even been taken away to where they say, don't fly the flag. The flag is a symbol of nationalism, and we are open to the whole world. You can fly the EU flag. Imagine the power in Germany of the power lost when they lost the Deutschmark. Losing the Deutschmark and adopting the Euro. Euro. They were promised that things would get better. Their lifestyle has gone down. Their money isn't worth as much. They are no longer the engine. Even though they are the engine, they have to provide for everyone else without their lifestyle going up. Mm. Okay, This is real. And the people on the streets are feeling it. And when we say we're against globalism, what we mean as conservatives is we are against jam down globalism. We're a, we're against things like the EU, where if you want to stay in the EU, stay in the EU. But if you're a country that the population says, I don't like this, you should be able to leave. But the the elites have made it almost impossible for you to leave. OK, and if you want to leave you're painted as a bad guy that's not going to stand but we as conservatives are for global trade we are for we're not isolationists we are not our country is better and your country sucks so we should be able to destroy you we should be proud of what we have just like i'm proud of my con- my my family but i am uh, that doesn't make my family better than your family. Globalist is now a term to describe anyone. Notice anyone who is for free trade is now a globalist. People who were deep, um, uh, deeply respected intellectual conservatives. Krauthammer. George Will, they're now conservatives and globalists. Jonah Goldberg is now a globalist. I am now a globalist. That word is being thrown around everywhere, but it's thrown around by people who are in the alt right. For instance, what's his crazy face? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was the world of everybody was globalist, globalist. But now it's spread. That's from the alt right. And you need to be careful. There are many words and ideas and people that are being mainstreamed, quite honestly, by Breitbart. And this is out in the open. They say it. Steve Bannon has said, We are a platform for the alt right. They have become a platform. Milo Yapanapoulos is what is what? That's not his name. Yeah. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. they have announced their official platform. They have. um, Who is the guy that they say is the main voice? What's his name? Spencer. Robert Spencer. Spencer. Richard. Richard Spencer. Look him up. That's who Breitbart says is the main thinker. For the alt-right. And we are a platform for the alt-right. Steve Bannon. Exact quote. Spencer's wife. Is the. English language translator. For Alexander Dugan. (laughs) This is. Tied directly. In America. To Dugan. And Putin. The movement's origins are traced back to uh, the opposition, and I think some of it justifiable of George W. Bush, especially the the invasion of Iraq. I am a non-interventionalist. I don't think we need to be intervening everywhere. There are times that we do, but that's a case-by-case basis. I think many of the problems are because we went in and said, we'll give you freedom. And so we have become interventionists. We are, um, we are the world's policemen. Now there's a difference between that, globalist, and an isolationist, uh, isolationist. An isolationist is also claiming that everyone who is against them is a globalist. Be careful. The subtleties here are deadly. They are suspicious of free markets. Uh, They believe that business interests are in conflict to uh, what they view as higher ideals, those of cultural preservation. They use the word traditionalism, identism. um, uh, On Breitbart, Milo Yapanapolis has has issued a manifesto of what sorts of group he believes are their allies and which ones are not it's beltway conservatives Um, they say hate the alt-right more than democrats or progressives please do not laugh this off please do not dismiss this I am going to after we get past hopefully we do this election, uh, hopefully we can return to a place to where we can all talk again, but please inform yourself. I'm After the election, I'm going to be doing stuff and chalkboards on this, and even if it's five people that are paying attention to this, those five, you need to strap on the armor because it will mean the difference between conservatives surviving or not. I want you to inform yourself on Neo-Eurasianism. Also, The Fourth Political Theory and Alexander Dugan. A good book to start is uh, this, if you have a pen, Eurasian Mission, An Introduction to Neo-Eurasianism. There are other books. In fact, if if you will, give me a second, let me go into my Kindle. There is another book that is also um, quite good um, called uh, The American Empire Should Be Destroyed. These are the words of the alt-right and Alexander Dugan. Please read those. I will be doing chalkboards on them. I haven't done them yet because everything in the world we currently live in are becoming about Clinton or Trump. But this has been in play for many years. Again, I laid it out on a chalkboard while I was at Fox. And the campaign season has allowed the alt-right and these operatives to plant deep roots among us because they thrive in division and hatred. But it doesn't matter who would have been the candidate. This is a powerful force. It is an outside force. And it is, if we remain blind, it will be the winning force. These are not Trump supporters. Some are masquerading as Trump supporters. And they are infecting the entire conservative movement. But they were here long before Trump even thought of running. I don't believe Trump is involved or knows, is aware of this. Would take seriously the roots Clinton, I don't believe, is aware of this, and here's what's going to happen. The left and the media will eventually lump these people with all conservatives if we don't self-identify, know who they are, understand their philosophy, their plan, and can articulate it to our friends. These people are a great, grave danger to the republic and to the freedom of the West, and they have already infiltrated the American right. In some cases, as we pointed out two years ago, they have already funneled money into the American churches. That began with the gay marriage uh, debate because this is what they do. They find the things where they can join in, but their version of the gay marriage debate is radically different than your version of the gay marriage debate. You might say, hey, it's none of the government's business, and I I want my church to be able to stand up and say this is wrong. Their version is, take away the driver's license of gay people, gay people should be destroyed, what's happening in Europe, and what is happening mainly in, uh, in Russia. And you might say, we'll never fall for that. but when anger is involved, look at what historically we have fallen for the rounding up of the Japanese we would never do that we already have and now this police reports indicate that when a thief breaks in and sees a heavy duty safe like a liberty safe they usually end up leaving without taking anything of real value. They know that they don't have the time or the expertise to get into a Liberty Safe. And what are the things that they're looking for? They're looking for cash. They're looking for jewelry. They're looking for guns, about 250,000 guns. Uh, People break into houses and take 250,000 guns every single year. Make sure your valuables are in a Liberty Safe. And if you really want to go the extra mile, when they deliver it, have them bolt it to the foundation of the house. They're never taking anything in your Liberty Safe. We um, have Liberty Safes at our home. I have Liberty Safes for the vault to make sure that, you know, something that is irreplaceable, handwritten arguments against slavery by Abraham Lincoln is in a Liberty Safe. Go to libertysafe.com and see the number one safe on the planet made right here in the USA and save up to $250 off a Liberty Safe at LibertySafe.com. If you use the promo code Glen. LibertySafe.com. Go there now, protect yourself, protect your uh, valuables, protect your guns. In the way that all smart uh, and, um, uh, and educated people are doing when you educate yourself on safes, you will find the number one safe, LibertySafe.com. Promo code Glenn. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
2: Mercury.
1: Glad that you're here. Uh, We have the uh, look at the uh, uh, Electoral College rankings and also the Senate. Are we going to look at the Senate and the House? The Senate and the House, please go out. Please go out and vote for the under ticket. You've got to go out and vote. There's got to be somebody that you um, agree with. If it's Donald Trump, great, go out and vote for Donald Trump. If it, is, if it is one of the third party, go out and vote. If it's Hillary Clinton, go out and vote. But please, if you're a conservative, whomever you vote for, please vote for the under ticket. If the Senate and the House is lost to the, uh, uh, to the Democrats, there is no stopping any of this. Please go vote for the under ticket. And Donald Trump is trailing so, so far behind that we are, they have declared now that the Senate is lost. We look at that when we come back.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
3: So Obamacare premiums are going up, what, 25 percent, supposedly, this coming year, uh, and even more for some people. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing because these laws get passed, and then you know, you saw how Obamacare got passed uh, in a very questionable way. But after they get passed, there's thousands of pages of regulations that are tied to these bills that you don't even see, I mean, unless you're you know, really a nerd. Um, FreedomWorks, they're filled with nerds. They have all the nerds you could possibly want. All the nerds in the world will look at all these things for you and put pressure on Washington to try to stop this investigation, the, the crazy expansion of uh, of all sorts of regulatory uh, nonsense. You need to help FreedomWorks do this unless you want to do it. You want to do it? You want to read all these stupid things? No, they'll do it for you and they'll put pressure in the right places. Stop the federal regulatory state today. Go to FreedomWorksForMe.com and help them. FreedomWorksForMe.com. Go there now. FreedomWorksForMe.com.
1: Hello, America. Welcome to Friday. As always, on Friday we look at the uh, latest polls and the rankings. Where do we stand? I'm really interested, as we all should be, on the House and the Senate. Can we hold the House and the Senate? Looks like, and I'm gonna. I trust Stu because he reads all of the polls, and then he is he's a little uh, overachiever on some of this. So he looks at the methodology and everything else, and he can tell us which polls he believes are accurate and why, but the latest I've seen, it's over for the Senate. It is critical that you get out and vote for the under ticket, no matter who you vote for at the top of the ticket, you've got to vote for the under ticket. We can't lose the House and the Senate. And we go there, right now.
2: I will make a stand, I will raise my voice, I will hold your hand, cause we are one. I will beat my drum, I have made my choice, we will overcome, cause we are one. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
1: Beck Programme. All right, Stu, we have a professor coming up here in a second who says that um, he has crunched all the numbers going back to Woodrow Wilson, and he says he knows who will be our next president. We'll talk to him, but first, let's get the latest on the on the polls, on the Electoral College and then also the Senate and the House.
3: We've seen something in the polls that has been pretty consistent throughout the entire campaign, which is... When Donald Trump's personality is the focus, he does horribly. When Donald Trump is not particularly speaking about, when he's not defending himself against, uh, you know, fights in the media or um, uh, uh, people who say he's been groping them and things like that, he's done really well. When he's been able to, again, when he's been able to stay on message, he's done well. The last week or two. Um, that's been the case. He hasn't really gone uh, off into these other tangents. He hasn't been, you know, other than his big election is rigged claim, he hasn't really been doing that. And so far, we've seen a little bit of tightening in the polls, um, you know. Uh, but you would
1: expect that also at this point, wouldn't you? I, I would I mean, think so. Usually, a couple- usually people at the very end start to really firm up their position that they've held The whole time they're just, they haven't been willing to vocalize it yet.
3: Right. I think the idea that without a reason, without a specific reason to run away, partisans will generally return to their side. Correct. Um, And with things like the Billy Bush tape, people... Ran away. Ran away.
1: And then as soon as that that leaves the news, then you have people like Jason Chaffetz who endorsed... And then said, because of my daughters, I can't stand by this man. And then came out yesterday and it was like, oh, you know what? I, uh, okay, I got a daughter and everything, but Never how bad that. was that really? Never mind that.
0: I mean, that was crazy. He my daughters she, could handle that. it's terrible, but he's <laughs> voting for it. I
1: think he is. I think he was promised something by somebody, a new position or something. It was Maybe. sad to see. But anyway, go ahead. Um, so he's quickly becoming the new Orrin Hatch. That's what happens. Yes, it is. That's, That's
4: what, part of the Mormon mafia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, go ahead.
3: Um, so uh, we've seen a, uh, a little bit of a tightening. However, this was a race that was not particularly close. Remember, at this point in 2012, the average polls showed about a one-point lead for Barack Obama over Mitt Romney. Um, at this time, a one-point lead? About a one-point. It was actually a little bit less than one point. It was very wow. close. Nationally, the issue with Romney uh, and why, you know, so... I was so convinced that he was not going to be able to pull that off is because the state polls didn't add up for him. It was a really tough road for him through the states. Uh, here, the, the polls, even after the tightening, you're seeing four and five points. Um, so there, it's more McCain-Obama right now. However, it does seem to be trending a little bit towards Donald Trump's position. the state position. Polls. The state polls are really tough for Donald Trump because uh, for, I'll give you this example. The New York Times... The New York Times has a model, and many of these places have models. The New York Times has one of the most favorable models for Republicans in the Senate. Um, they've been more favorable for Republicans in the Senate, but they've been less favorable for Trump in the presidential election than some of the other models. Um, so, so that as a precursor, but li, li, if well, you, you, I don't. I just said that they, they were on both sides. <laughs> They're flip-floppers, um, but like, we've played this game before, where you go through the 10 closest states uh, to uh, win. They break it down by percentage. If you give uh, the Democrats states in which they are more than 90% favored, okay? So really, I mean, we're talking states like Pennsylvania, for example. Yes, Pennsylvania, they're a 94% favorite. Virginia, a 99% favorite. There hasn't been a poll that hasn't been at least high single digits in Virginia in a long time. All the reports are that Donald Trump has pulled all of his money out of Virginia. I mean, this is why these things get to like 99%. Wisconsin, 95% for Democrats. Uh, Colorado, 90% for Demo- Democrats, and New Hampshire, 95% for Democrats. You give him those states that are over 90%. Donald Trump loses. He has to win states that are over 90% favorites for Democrats right now to pull this off. That's how bad the state picture looks for him, and is why. Why what, do you want Hillary Clinton to win? I don't want Hillary Clinton. Globalist.
4: Conservative.
3: And, but none of the-, <laughs> the point is you have to start turning states that are douchebag. Wait. Hold it! No, not, I, that's no too you, far. Yeah, they, you missed okay. the missed the. Right. I think you he missed the, the vibe here. Uh, but I mean, that's going to be difficult, right? I mean, you know, you could say, "Well, uh, they're wrong." Uh, I mean, you could say that, and I, you know, you can make those arguments. Some of the polls could be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he can move them rigged. a little bit. They're rigged. Um, maybe the they're are rigged. They're not. Why are you rigging the polls? Why? I, I'm,
0: I'm not. Uh, but. You know, these I, I notice you're cherry picking only the bad ones for for Donald
3: God, Trump. Just,
1: these are these are summaries of all. The Show things. me the good ones for Donald Trump in states in states. Um, I mean, you know, the ones that are on the edge could go Kansas either way. Kansas looks good. Kansas, Kansas looks, looks good. Iowa looks good. Uh huh. Iowa does look uh, pretty good for
3: him. I actually My, think he's a he's the favorite in Iowa, even though that a lot of the models don't necessarily say that. They see that as pretty much a pure swing state. Okay. Um, so I, I win Oklahoma. Florida, I think uh, Florida. He's had a couple polls that have moved him back. Like I would move again. This is our, our a couple weeks old our little uh, magnet list here. I would move Florida back to a, a toss up. Um, North Carolina is he's, is a real problem for him right now for some reason. Yes, unlike Iowa, where you know uh, he's I think polled better than you might expect him as it re- uh, relates to the national polling uh, in uh, in Iowa. Uh, in Florida, uh, he's done pretty well as, as well. North Carolina has been the opposite. I mean, North Carolina was a state that. Only Republicans only lost in 2008. Uh, Mitt Romney won it in 2012. It's a close state still. I would say, I mean, certainly would keep it in the toss up category. But I mean, it's somewhat generous to keep it in the toss up t- t- category. I mean, she Should actually lean Democrat. I mean, I would say you could easily put it in leaning Democrat. Let, let me give you the background on that, because uh, let me see, I mean, pull it up here real quick. Um, these are the most recent polls uh, of the state. Where would you put the state? Uh, Clinton plus seven, Clinton plus three, Clinton plus four, Mm -hmm. Trump plus three, Clinton plus five, Clinton plus two, Clinton plus four, Clinton plus one, Clinton plus two, Trump plus one. Uh, Clinton plus one. Sorry, it was the last one. I'd put it leaning Democrat. Right. Like almost every every poll, although all close for the most part, there's been a couple seven point Clinton leads. But uh, for the most part, they're all close. I'm keeping it in the toss up. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say it's a toss up, but it means right. it's clearly it's leaning. leaning. If I had to put you know if, if you you're going if you're doing to your this head, right now she's winning that state. And there's absolutely no chance of Donald Trump winning the election if he doesn't win North Carolina. Uh, even their own people are saying there's no chance they win the election if they don't win Florida. But again, winning North Carolina and Florida don't get you there. Winning Ohio doesn't get you there. You have to win states that, that, you know, that are massively in the not only leaning Democrat, but all the way over to the solid Democrat to really have a chance here. Mm. And so a dramatic shift in the race is a way to do that. Uh, A huge bomb dropping, uh, you know, uh, in in the election outlook. I mean, we're talking about, you know, some crazy tape or, uh, you know, a a huge – God forbid, terrorist attack or some massive thing. What if Hillary admitted she was a Soviet agent and has been her whole life?
1: Would that do it? I think that's already been priced. And it was honestly. the love interest of Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Possible. Possible. Well, honestly, I read it in the National Enquirer. I honestly think that and would they've do They've got it? credibility. I don't think so. Let, oh, you've
0: got Utah in leaning Republican. Is that true? Or does it lean? I think it's a clear toss-up. Lean right? Isn't it leaning independent
3: right now? I would say it's a clear toss. Evan McMullen? Trump still leads in some polls in uh, in Utah. But Evan McMullen leads in others. And Ma- Evan McMullen leads in others. Uh, Hillary Clinton doesn't lead in any, but is yeah. fairly close in the state because yeah. of, we're talking about, you know, 31, 32 percent is leading uh, Utah right now. So, I mean, I would definitely put Utah, uh, and this is another thing. To get Donald Trump to 270 electoral votes is incredibly difficult, as I just mm-hmm. described. To get him to two hundred and seventy-six uh, is even tougher because if you take Utah out of the picture, you've got to pull off another state, uh, which makes it even more difficult for him to win another six. Uh, uh, you know, well, that's why that's know, when, why like,
1: his supporters are are starting to call you know Mormons the Mormon Mafia. Right,
3: you are seeing three you know, you know ma- major um, television personalities seemingly in unison begin to attack uh, Evan McMullen. Because they're seeing there, obviously, there's a chance.
0: I woke up this morning with a tuna noodle casserole in my bed. You did not. Um, yep. Yeah. The head of it? Yeah, it had ketchup on it, too. Holy cow. And, and all over it. What kind of
3: potatoes are typically uh, featured
1: in Funeral? Funeral,
0: funeral potatoes?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. It's because of the mafia. We mow them down. <laughs> we mow them down. The piano guys? Hello. <laughs> right? You, you should see what they have in their piano cases. They walk around at yeah. night. Piano. Yeah, they do... Well, yeah, they have a piano in their piano case, but right. they walk around and sometimes they'll walk into a barbershop, you know, with their piano case and somebody else will be getting, you know, like mm-hmm. Paul Ryan will be getting a shave mm-hmm. and the piano guys will open up their piano case mm-hmm. and set it up and then play like a little concert or something. And then, we're having, we're, we're
0: having uh, Donnie Osmond pay a little visit right now to, <laughs> right. Uh, to Stephen. <laughs> What's his face over? At and, Bart.
1: and let me tell you something. It ain't going to end well because no, he's a little bit gotta, rock and roll. Oh my
0: God! And uh, Marie, she's a little bit country, and yeah. she might show up too. Oh yeah. Wow! We it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. None of this is
3: reflected in the polls either.
0: I mean, know. I no, you, no. you don't know what
1: the Mormon the Mafia data. is doing. Scary. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Uh, can I tell you something? And I mean this sincerely, and 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 I don't mean this as a threat, but uh, those inside the Trump campaign, day before the election, family home evening. What do they call the mob? The family. Oh, My gosh! Wow. So on awesome. Monday night, uh, they can expect a visit, uh, pr- probably by some missionaries who are going to talk to them about the gospel of on Jesus bicycles. Christ. I can't
3: believe you're yeah. admitting this on the air.
1: No, I know. Uh,
0: and they'll. Uh, well, it doesn't be, matter. It's too late to stop it now. It'll be after. It's too late to stop it. We can't got, call that back. You we got. We got so much power right now. We don't care who sees it. Don't care.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, quickly on on the McMullen thing if tr- people are like, oh, McMullen's going to ruin this for uh, Trump, there's almost, I would say there is no way that that can happen. Um, it's certainly almost no way. Because that it, what that Evan McMullen can quote-unquote ruin this. For even Trump. if you won Utah.
0: Even if he there's won, no won. He's going to be at there's like no, 180 or it something.
1: Is, it has nothing to do with the never Trumpers. Right. It has everything to do with Donald Trump and his and his circus-like atmosphere. And the guy is. There was a great story from uh, the the um, uh, metrics guys that were helping uh, Rubio that Rubio hired, and they said, you know, they're looking at that Bloomberg report on what Donald Trump is doing with you know his all of his metadata, and they're like, I know he won't listen to anybody, but this is the greatest missed opportunity instead of having wars about which celebrities he doesn't like and what people are saying, to be able to move his Twitter and to move his Facebook and to move his social media into actual topics could have could have won this election, but he refuses to do it. He uses it for his own personal, you know, uh, Vendettas. Vendettas.
3: And, and read, read the Bloomberg article about, and they let him into the, into the campaign to look at the data operation the Trump. Why I would mean, you do that? I, I, first of all, why would you do that 12 days before an election? Mm-hmm. But secondarily, I mean, they pretty much outline that they're not even, that the main goal here is to get, the, get your names. They want your emails. Uh, so that after the election, um, these are emails and, and information that's going to be owned, not by the Trump campaign, but by Trump himself to do whatever he wants with. And he specifically has designed it that way so he will have... That information post campaign, um, it doesn't seem like an operation that's even trying to win the presidency. Well, they
1: defense. they said in the, in this other article that I read that uh, about that Bloomberg uh, experience, they said what they you know anybody who works with metadata, they said what they are claiming to do, especially on voter suppression. Remember,
3: and they're calling it. They're calling voter, it. They are voter, calling it voter suppression. Which is why
1: bizarre. would you call it voter suppression? They said, if you are using all your metadata at this point for voter uh, suppression, you, you have raised the right white flag. You're just you're just done.
3: And quickly to finish up that point on, on Evan McMullen, If Evan McMullen wins Utah, it is going to be in a generalized environment where Hillary Clinton is probably going to win the election, because if if Trump does enough in these other states to get near 270 votes, then Trump's going to win Utah. Like, it's yes. if it stays the way it is, Clinton's going to win with or without Evan McMullen in Utah. If it goes towards Trump enough to get Trump close, likely Trump is going to win Utah anyway, so it's not even going to be an argument.
1: I am the worst example of a Mormon you, could, you will probably ever meet. Is that a quote from the Mormon church? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I am the worst example of a Mormon you'll probably ever meet. I am a loudmouth. I am, um, I am loose with my language, I, I'm just not your typical Mormon. I have profound respect for the people who actually live this faith because it's really hard. You're always up against you know, people telling you, I had an amazing exchange with somebody last night who um, was trying to tell me how I needed to um, study the Catholic Church because um, they are right and I am just part of the Church of the Devil. Uh, and I, I mean, I just, I, I can't believe, if you're a Mormon, you just don't know what you're up against all the time and these people usually deal with it with much more grace than I do. They they live a very as close to the Amish as any other Christian gets, far as their lifestyle and their their um, connection to culture the culture is very classical in its nature, the, the piano guys—that's like a really hip thing for the culture of Mormons. Um, Donald Trump came in. I was there when he came in, insulted and offended the sensibility of Mormons. And, and he does it every day. And he does it every day. That's what really this is about. They have been—they have been raised in a church that, up until recently, was teaching in church the Constitution in church. Then, on top of it, it is a very quiet, reserved culture. He's the antithesis of that. You don't, need, uh, you don't need anyone in Utah to tell them what to do. It's an assault on their family. That's the way many of them will view Donald Trump. Not everybody does. Obviously, he's got 24% of Mormons in Utah that, that don't have a problem with it. Um, but that's what's happening in Utah. I wouldn't
0: say they don't have a problem with it. They're looking like they're everybody looking else it. at the alternatives. Yeah, they're
1: looking past it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Sponsored this half hour. Your your stuff is your stuff, but not to burglars and not to this culture. Um, people now think that some of your stuff should be their stuff. And if you can't keep your stuff safe, then it is theirs. There are 1.5 million burglaries in the U.S. last year alone. Protect your home and protect your family. The way we do with Simply Safe. Installation is easy, no wires, no drilling, no pushy sales guys. Powerful, award winning technology that keeps the bad guys out. And for $15 a month for monitoring and no contract, you are in control of your life and your family and your stuff is safe. Visit simplysafebeck.com. Go there right now, get free shipping on your order, free keychain remote worth 25 bucks. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simply Safe Beck. This
2: is the Glenn Beck program. Mercury.
1: Beck program Still not a blowout, though, is it? Uh, quickly, let's look at the Electoral College ratings. Um, and then next hour, we're going to get into the Senate and the House. But, Stu, what are you predicting based on the polls now?
3: Um, well, I think uh, right now we have uh, solid Democrat 259, which has not changed, honestly, that much no, it at all. There's very little in there that you would think would change. The only things that even are borderline would be Wisconsin or Michigan. And, again, they're, they're yeah. very, very much very solid for Democrats. Uh, In the leaning Democratic column, we have Colorado, uh, New Hampshire. I mean, New Hampshire really is probably solid Democrat at this point. Uh, Nevada. That puts them at 278. So, again, right there is enough Uh, for Hillary Clinton to pull it off. There's still 86 in the toss-ups, but, again, sweeping all of that is not enough for Donald Trump. Uh, If he swept every toss-up, that's still not enough. Yeah, that would include Ohio, Arizona, Iowa, North Carolina, Florida, Utah,
1: Back with a professor who says he knows who's going to win and it doesn't reflect that board. This
2: is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This you know is. the Glenn Beck program.
1: Uh, I, I I will tell you, uh, you know what the real tragedy is, and we'll talk about this at some point uh, in the future. You know the the left said that George Bush made us into a laughing stock, um, and um, and you know think of the things you know George Bush going up to the door you know trying to open the door in China and the turkey in his pants and stuff you know this oh, stuff, yeah. crazy stuff like that. Uh, and then Barack Obama comes in, and he was uh, on the world apology tour. Um, he w- was arrogant, taking himself so seriously and not knowing, you know, getting the Nobel Prize before. And the, left, the right has been saying, we're a laughingstock. No, no, no. No, you, you look at what people around the world are saying now, and we are a laughingstock. These two candidates have done more damage to the integrity of the United States and the office of the United States than all other bad presidents combined. Um, I don't know how we restore our credibility in the world um, because they're looking at us, excusing them and cheering them on. It's it's remarkable. Now, we just saw the Electoral College ratings as done by the polls and Stu can't find a way um, to get uh, Hillary Clinton you know, below 278 it, but by using the polls. But there is uh, a professor, political science professor, um, Helmut Norpoth. He is from Stony Brook, Stony Brook University, and he says he has gone back and looked at all of the elections since Woodrow Wilson, and he says that Donald Trump is going to win. And we welcome him to the program. Professor, how are you, sir?
4: Well, good morning. Uh, thank you very much. How are you doing? Uh, very
1: good. Tell us what your tell us how your system works here. What, what's it based on?
4: Well, I, as you said, I mean, I go back to the election of 1912 of Woodrow Wilson, and uh, one of the things that happened in that election is that uh, you had a, a, a number of primary elections for the first time in presidential politics, and uh, and Woodrow Wilson, the Democrat, won uh, sort of the race in the Democratic primaries. On the other side, you had uh, William Howard Taft, the sitting president. Was challenged by Teddy Roosevelt and uh, uh, somebody else, and uh, William Howittaf lost the battle in the Republican primaries. And so the party nominated him anyway, and uh, so what happened was that uh, the primary loser uh, w- loses to the primary winner in November. So the rule is that if you do very well in the primaries, as uh, a presidential candidate, you have a great chance of winning the election. And uh, that sort of happens pretty much uh, during the elections for the last uh, 100 years. And so in 2016, uh, Donald Trump uh, did better in the Republican primaries than Hillary Clinton did in the Democratic primaries. And so he gets a higher score in my book and uh, goes hey, on to win the general.
1: How did he do better in the primaries?
4: Well, it's, uh, it, right. I mean, it, he had a much bigger field to, uh, contend with. There were, I don't know, 17 candidates. So what I do, and I've done this consistently in past elections as well, so that, that's nothing new, I, uh, focus on how much a candidate gets, uh, relative to the, to the second strongest candidate. So it's only a matter of looking at two candidates at a, at a time, and, uh, Donald Trump won. By that metric got a higher score than uh, Hillary Clinton did
1: because of the last uh, because of the last uh, vote in where was it uh,
4: well actually uh, I have to say after to make one other one other sort of sort of uh, point I, uh, I, uh, I only uh, used the the early primaries, I only used New Hampshire and South Carolina, so that was a maybe a pretty big gamble. Uh so ba- just based on those two and this is why I was able to make a forecast as uh, far back as March that uh, Donald Trump would uh, would win in November. And so so based on those two, uh New Hampshire and South Carolina uh, Donald Trump is ahead.
3: Prefer- Professor this is Stu. Uh, what was the reasoning for leaving out uh you know of Iowa? Well just because well, of the a caucus? A caucus.
4: So so mm-hmm. I've, I've never used Iowa in any in any analysis uh, before and uh so it's a different it's a different uh, uh different contest if you have a caucus and a primary so i only uh use uh, primaries and uh mm. i've actually only used New Hampshire for quite a while, but I thought that was a little risky uh, this time and uh and added uh, south carolina
3: now and if I remember correctly uh, Clinton beat Sanders in that something in the nature of seventy six to twenty four yeah. something in that range. <laughs> Um, right. N- uh now Sanders did obviously well in New Hampshire but it was the yeah. neighboring state to his home state. Did you factor were you able to factor that in at all? Well,
4: I thought about this. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's his, it's his, it's his neighboring state but uh, this was true for Howard Dean as well in 2004, mm-hmm. Howard Dean was from Vermont and uh he didn't do very well in New Hampshire. So, yeah, there may be a little bit of a of a local uh uh like home turf uh advantage but uh, uh, I mean that, that, that that's something I just uh, that can can sort of uh, so, figure uh, out. I would I would say that if I had waited and and gone through all the primaries and I sort of looked at this, I didn't uh, I didn't uh, 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 publicize anything. But if I had waited until the end of the primaries and had used my metric at that time, it would have produced exactly the same forecast as what I did based on just the, just the first two.
1: So, um, uh, professor, the um uh, what does this tell you? You've gone back mm-hmm. now, all the way from Woodrow Wilson, and applied yes. these things retroactively. Right. You, have been, you have been looking at these and calling them in advance and gotten them all right since? 96. 96. Yes. Um, and uh, what does it tell you? Why, mm-hmm. why, is the, why does this work this way?
4: Well, I, I think a, a primary is a... Is a real test of a candidate's strength. Uh, uh, unlike, I mean, taking a poll and asking people how they plan to vote, etcetera. There's a lot of uh, ambiguity in that. So you, you 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 look at what happens in real elections, and I think the ability of a candidate to uh, prevail over <clears throat> opponents in your own party in a uh, con- in a sort of contest like New Hampshire that also allows independents to participate is a very good. Uh, uh, indicator of your strength as a candidate in a general election. So that's just my 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 premise. So
1: did you take into account, for instance, in 2012, now you didn't need to because he was doing so well, um, but uh, in 2008, I should say, yeah. uh, Barack Obama was a different candidate. It was a landmark candidate mm-hmm. um, that had all kinds of things mm-hmm. um, on top of him. Yeah. The the same thing could be said here. This is the first time in American history that I know of that we will be electing someone who is either a uh, half of the population believes is a criminal mm-hmm. uh, who has the baggage of Hillary Clinton um, and then the other half of the country believes this guy is uh, a wild danger to the republic mm-hmm. um, and, and wholly unsuitable. Mm-hmm. So we've never had, that I know of, we have never had two wildly unqualified candidates um, or at least two candidates that appear to be so unpresidential. Did that play any role? Does that play any role?
4: Well, that, I mean, I, I, I think you, you have a good point, and I think most people would, would agree with it. And, and uh, I mean, the, the negativity, the high negativity, negative rating of both of these candidates is clearly something that, uh, that uh, sticks out. Uh, it, uh, it is clearly more than we've seen before, but I think there are some elections in which we sort of came a little close to that. I mean, I would say like 1976, You had a you had a sitting president, Jimmy Carter, who uh, uh, wasn't doing very well? I mean, his approval ratings were were uh, rock bottom, and you had a challenger that people, that many people were sort of very leery of. He was sort of like, uh, yeah. uh, maybe Ford. not as yeah. loose a cannon as, as as Trump is, but there were there were a lot of worries about yes. about about him getting the finger on the button and doing other things. So I think there was some some great. Uh, Unease about uh, about the two candidates. So we it, it sort of come come close, but you're right. I mean, we've never had it uh, to uh, to that extent.
1: Let me ask you uh, one, one last question. Um, uh, uh, there's another poll that is out, or another um, uh, group of analytics that is also mm-hmm. showing Hillary Clinton. And I just I want to, uh, or I mean, showing Donald Trump, and I just want to push back on on a couple of thoughts because I think these are kind of new. Mm-hmm. Um, the other analytics. Uh, are dependent on you know is there a thir- a, a real third party challenger mm-hmm. and i believe that donald trump is a third party inside of the republican party mm-hmm. um does that uh, we've never seen that before has mm-hmm. does that play any role
4: well i mean if i look at sort of some of the some of the polling uh, uh where they break it down by uh uh, partisans, uh, Republican people uh, say that they're Republicans and people say they're Democrats and how they're planning to vote. Uh, that doesn't look all that different from what it has looked in, in past yeah. elections. I think uh, it's pre- actually pretty even right now, uh, sort of in the, in the 80s, low 80s, and might pick up a little bit. Uh, if Donald Trump was really such a, uh, what would be seen as such a, uh, 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 outlier with even in, in his own party, that number sh- probably should be a lot less, and it would okay. go maybe to somebody uh, like a real third party candidate. but I think somehow he has managed to sort of uh, ingratiate that, himself yeah. into yeah. the uh, Republicans in the in the electorate and uh, uh, and I think that that has sort of been something that has uh, that has sort of increased as the campaign has gone on uh,
1: Professor Helmut Norpoth from uh, Stony brook University. Um, declaring, and we will find out soon, that Donald Trump will be the next president uh, of the United States. Professor, thank you so much.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: You bet. Um, sponsor this F-Hour. Realestateagentsitrust.com. When you decide it's try- time to sell your home, you want to move on, you want to sell it quickly, and you want to get the most money you can, especially if you're being transferred. you Sometimes you really need to sell your home, or if there's a a shock to the system, you've, you've switched jobs. Um, you don't want to deal with somebody who is lying to you, who is feeding you what you want to hear, and then just deals with uh, all kinds of excuses on why that didn't happen, why it didn't sell. Hire an agent you can trust, an agent who will work for you, tell you the truth, not give you excuses, and actually sell your home. After working with some real estate agents who didn't get the job done, um, I decided to start this company, realestateagentsitrust.com. It has been, before we started advertising it, we, um, we put it in the field for about, I think, a year or two. And our goal was to connect you with an agent that could help you sell your home as quickly as possible for the best price possible, to find the best agents that are like you. One of the first things, they have to be a fan of the show. They have to be somebody who knows and lives our lifestyle so they can relate to you, you speak the same language. They have the same kind of principles. Um, agents who are like you, similar values, going out, working hard to earn your business. And it is working already. Um, the houses that were sitting on the market for months are selling. People are finally able to take the big burden off their shoulders. And you can have that happen with your home. If you're looking for an agent, go to com realestateagentsitrust.com. They will work to earn your business. They will sell your home. Start packing after. You connect with realestateagentsitrust.com.
2: The Glenn Beck Program.
1: The fusion of
2: entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com.
1: By the end of the weekend, 20 million people will have voted already in the presidential primary, Um, uh, presidential election. Uh, It is getting... Harder and harder for anybody to change in the last few days of this. There there's, is no no there's no
0: October surprise or that more. week no before the election. I'll give you this. It better come in August yeah. from now on. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it too late in October.
1: Hey, I want to. Uh, I want to tell you that next week we're going to be um, announcing something about the Nazarene uh, project, um, uh, a, a milestone. Uh, thanks to the country of Australia, uh, a remarkable. Uh, milestone is going to be hit next week. We'll tell you about that. All thanks to you on getting Christians to uh, safety. We have always told you that we raise money for the staff and to pay for the light bills and everything else. So when I go on the air and raise money uh, for a hurricane or a tornado or the Nazarene Fund, all the money goes to that project alone. Um, but we every year we have a, um, a gala or a ball or a get-together together Um, Chuck Norris and his uh, unbelievable wife is going to be there. Dana uh, Lash is going to be there. We're all going to be there. And it is happening on November 19th at the uh, the Intercontinental uh, Hotel in uh, Dallas. That's in Addison, Texas, 630. We would love to have you there. Um, The event, the the honorary chair of the event is uh, the Vineyard Family of Babe's Chicken, Oh, yeah. I know, right? I'm trying to convince them to serve Babe's Chicken, but uh, that's not going for it. (laughs) Um, 100% of your donation goes to a specific project. We mean that, and we can say that because we do a fundraiser every year. This is our big fundraiser to be able to keep the doors open, to be able to do things like the Nazarene Project. We really need your help. We really need your help. If you would like to come, please go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. That's just the number one m1ball uh, mercuryone.org slash m1ball grab your tickets and join us also if you can't afford to be there or if you if you if you're not around we would love to have your help we are giving away a mercedes-benz mercedes-benz of plano is yes, I need a, new car. a 2016 mercedes-benz cla 250c tickets for the raffle are a hundred dollars There are only going to be five thousand of these tickets sold Last year it was somebody on the radio program that was yeah, just wasn't. listening People yep there. So uh, and, they did, they and they they couldn't make it let me. I don't remember where they where they live but they're driving around in a brand new Mercedes this year it's your Mercedes uh tickets 100 bucks you have a 1 in 5000 chance of winning if you just buy one ticket and all of the proceeds again go to keeping the doors open at Mercury 1 go there now at uh, mercuryone.org and buy your raffle ticket Come
3: Mercury. I've been talking to you for a while about Blue Apron. It's this uh, great company that sends the most delicious food right to your doorstep. The ingredients, the best ingredients to make delicious gourmet food at home uh, for less than 10 bucks a meal. I was talking to somebody recently about it and they said, uh, look, it sounds like a cool idea, but I don't know... I mean, there's a lot of food I don't like. Uh, you know, my wife is on some crazy, you know, way if she eats. I don't even know what it is. I don't know how it would work for us. That's what's great about Blue Apron is you can really customize it. I mean, they have tons of options. And you can go on there every week and, and look at what's coming up on, on the menu. And if you don't like something, you can switch it out. Uh, and you can also go on specific plans for whatever diet you might be on or whatever way you like to eat. It is a great Great idea and uh, you know I can tell you myself, I mean the food is incredible. Go to blueapron.com slash stew. They're gonna send you the first three meals free to try it out with free shipping. Blueapron.com slash stew. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
1: justice thomas doesn't speak out a lot but when he does he is spot on we'll share his comments also some not so great comments from gary johnson coming up and do we hold on to the senate a look at the polls election by the numbers right now
2: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment
1: this is the glen beck program all right let's look at the senate ratings do does the gop hold on to the house and the senate if we don't we are in for oh more nightmares just more nightmares <sighs> okay do the Let's start with the
3: House. We haven't talked really about the House at all. House, Republicans are heavily favored to hold on to it.
1: Okay.
3: Um, and it, if you have at least one of these branches, you got something to stop. Whichever president winds up getting in there, it's very, very important. Um, if, if I'm remembering the numbers right, uh, there are, I think, 17 or 18 House districts that are rated as pure toss-ups. Pure toss-ups. For the Democrats to win uh, the House, they would have to sweep all 18 of them and also pick off another seven or eight states that are leaning Republican or uh, districts. It's going to be incredibly different. The, uh, difficult. The only way that this is probably going to happen is if you see a, a complete blowout. So you've seen some polls in the presidential race, for example, that have Donald Trump down by 10, 12, 14, 15. I don't think that's anywhere close to where the race actually is. But if, if, you, if those polls are right rather than the average poll, uh, you
1: could see something like this happening. Well, it really doesn't matter what the polls are going forward. Um, we have to start looking at the polls of the last three weeks because early voting has already happened. Seventeen million votes. Seventeen million votes. It'll be twenty million votes easily by the end of the by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it jumped four million yesterday. It was thirteen million yesterday. Now it's seventeen million. I mean, I mean, it'll.
3: So you know, you very well might see close to half. Of the population vote before election day, last time it was forty uh, percent or thirty-five percent. I can't remember; it was one of the two. Um, and so I think you'll see it well over forty percent for two thousand sixteen that will vote early. Uh, so it's a huge deal. And, and you know, as we kind of said before, like the, they're like, well, maybe there'll be a November surprise this time. It's possible, and it could make a difference. But if you're if you have a if you have a surprise to, to
1: release, you need to do it earlier now. Yeah, it, and it would have to be. It would have to be uh, it, uh, biblical. It would have to be collapse of the economy kind of thing yeah. um, to make that to make that kind of a difference. Now, very
3: few people are talking about uh, the House and the Senate because it's not I don't know it's not the tabloid or it's not sexy, but it's a it's a a much more interesting election um, and b vitally important because if you can get the House and the Senate, the president's power theoretically, if we had if we follow the Constitution in any way is uh, it's limited, right? It's, and if you if you lose the House and the Senate, then all of a sudden... It's unchecked. Anything can happen. So uh, what's interesting about these races and why the Senate is more interesting, there are close states in both elections, the presidential and the Senate. What's interesting about the Senate is the close states are the ones that will actually decide it, where right now the close states are kind of deciding whether Hillary Clinton wins in a blowout or wins in a, in a smaller win. Is it a 2012 election or is it a 2008 Level election. That's kind of where the toss-up states are in the presidential race. Here, the, presidential, the, the in the Senate, the toss-up rates, uh, races are the ones that matter. Right now, we have 46 solid Democrat states. We have 46 solid Republican states, uh, Senate seats, excuse me. We have one leaning each way. The, the ones we have leaning are uh, Johnson in Wisconsin. That seat looks like it's going to go to the Democrats. Uh, Rubio looks like he's leaning to hold his seat in Florida. Uh, those two things, if you kind of take those. Wasn't together, he way ahead? I mean, he's. Please tell me he's still way ahead. Yeah, about five points. Oh, my um, gosh. But I mean, the issue is he's outperforming Trump uh, in almost all these cases. The, the Senate, Republican Senate candidate is outperforming Trump by five, six, seven, eight, some polls, 10, 12, 14 points. Um, the, there's an ex- Indiana's an exception to that, uh, uh, where Trump is doing better than the Senate candidate. Uh, and uh, they're, I'm trying to think of. Ms. One other one, and I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but most of the cases, Republicans, Senate candidates are outperforming Trump. Um, but if you look at the race here, and uh, this is why it gets difficult. Missouri and North Carolina are tossed up states. The, uh, the elections are very close. However, you kind of shade those towards Republicans. They have slight leads. Um, they're Republican-leaning states. I, you know, you certainly expect
1: Missouri to be a Republican presidential state. But you would ex- expect that with North Carolina, and it looks like Hillary Clinton may take that.
3: Hillary Clinton is, has won almost all the polls since uh, the second debate uh, in North Carolina. However, North Carolina is a still a close state. It's still a toss-up state in the presidential election, and Blunt has, or Burr has out, uh, outperformed Trump uh, oh. consistently throughout this entire race. Uh, so that leaves you with four other seats. That gets the Republicans to 49. If you want to be generous and give those two, to Republicans, which means they would have to pick off one or two of uh, Pennsylvania, Nevada, uh, New Hampshire, and Indiana. Indiana is uh, a Trump state, almost certainly going to, it's a lean Republican state for Trump.
1: So how um, come Coates isn't?
3: Uh, Evan Bayh is the reason for that. Bayh is is a strong Democrat challenger and has been leading the race the entire, for large, so most of it. This is—it's kind of the reverse of almost all of these scenarios, where many of these states will vote against Trump but vote for the Republican Senate candidate. This is the reverse, likely. Uh, so that is uh, the issue in Indiana, though again, it's very close—total toss-up state. Uh, Nevada, complete toss-up state, but again, leaning towards Hillary Clinton in the presidential race. If you kind of take that into effect, may account perhaps because um, ticket splitting has been limited in recent elections. If that continues. You might wind up seeing that go to the Democrats as well. Uh, Ayotte in New Hampshire is another one who's separated herself from Trump, both in the way she's campaigned and also in the polls. But, I mean, he's getting, you know, he's getting blown out in New Hampshire right now. I mean, high single digits, low double digits uh, for Trump in New Hampshire.
1: He's a very small chance of winning that state. Um, so, oh, he was going to win that state, and yeah, he, he was going to win New Jersey.
3: R- remember the New Jersey, and, New York, yeah, New York, New York. Co- Connecticut, California discussions we were having after yeah, the yeah. primary that we were told yeah. was going to happen? And none of those seem to be coming into play. But uh, oh. so Ead has to come uh, overcome more than any of these other candidates because she is a real uphill battle uh, with Trump on the ticket. Uh, Pennsylvania is a similar story in which Hillary has been winning by typically mid to high single digits there. Uh, and he is in a complete toss-up as well. Toomey is. Uh, Toomey is. Now, a
4: lot of this so, has... That's to,
3: a bad seat to lose, man. Yeah, that's I mean, because... Bad seat to lose. Yeah. Um, and if you look at all those races, what you see is that of the six pure toss-ups that we have r- ranked here, Republicans would have to win three of those seats if Trump wins and have to win four of those seats if he loses. It's going to be really hard to win four of those seats. Um, it's going to be uh, also really hard to win three of those seats. (laughs) Um, And the thing is here, a lot of this I think does relate to the presidential election because if Trump does somehow win, which is is really hard for him to do, most likely you'll get enough seats here to control the Senate. Uh, The other hand is if Clinton wins in a close election, you might have one of these situations where they can pull off 51. It's going to be an uphill battle. The other part about it is, you know, with Trump outwardly saying Republicans and the down ticket is working against him with him coming out and saying the election is rigged. There's a possibility of of
1: of depressing turnout. And if that's what that's in the Bloomberg article, his own people took them through their war room and showed them the three uh, things that they're working on that they labeled voter suppression Right. I mean, that's and, oh, yes, so now, of bizarre. course, they were oh. tar- they were targeting so
3: Democrats. Yes, you know,
1: I know. That. But it's the. So, I mean, it's still this whole thing. It has been about voter suppression to to get you so disgusted by both sides. It's worked,
0: too. We heard a, a guy the other day on, on the phone it, they called good. into I the show, go. said I'm not going to vote for as,
1: the first time in my life. I am pro- pro- I tell I'm you something, sit it out. for the first time in my life, I'm going to have to actually force myself to go and vote. Who was it that said they went and voted early voting? Was it Keith, I think? Keith said, yeah. He said to me, he said, I've, I stood in line for two hours already. If you're going to vote early, you better vote now. He said, I went and it took me two hours to vote. Wow. And my first instinct was, not even worth it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but that was my first instinct. I've never done that. Yeah. I've never done that. That, that's not good. That no, is not is. good because there's a lot of people that will feel that way that are voting for both of them. But as I showed you from 5:38, I thought that Hillary Clinton would be doing just as poorly on the you know uh, people voting for her. I thought more people would be voting against Trump um, instead of voting for her. For her yeah. it's, it's not that way. She is performing like all of the winners since Reagan have performed of, you know, 57 percent are voting for her and the rest of them are voting against. Donald Trump only has 41 percent of the people voting for him. You want to talk about that ceiling we said that he had? The ceiling is 41 percent. Only 41 percent are voting for him. The rest of them are saying, I can't take Hillary Clinton, man. Well, if you don't have something to fight for, we know this just from warfare. You you lose a lot of men just because they're not motivated. Yeah,
3: and I I think... We
0: learned that in the last election with Obama. It wasn't enough to vote against Obama. You had to be for Romney, and there wasn't enough passion for him. Correct. It just wasn't there.
3: I would say an argument for optimism, though, right? I mean, if you think about it... um, The the loudest, the squeaky wheel, you know, gets the grease. And it's like we give an outsized voice to the uh, maniacal Trumpkin that calls in and tells us no matter what, uh, you know, uh, that we're crazy and we're going to blow up the republic because we don't like Donald Trump and we're not arguing for him every day. But that person is not even the majority of Republicans. I mean, even the majority. Oh, I know. This is the worst amount of Republicans that have ever, at least since they started measuring this, ever – Felt that way.
1: Only 41 percent. It's the lowest number ever measured that are voting for their. That's candidate. why anybody who says this is, uh, you know, the no, never Trumpers. No, no, no. 41 percent of Republicans believe he's a good candidate and, and are voting and, and, for him. Only 41 percent. Right, and we're stating insane. that wrong. Insane.
3: It's not even 41 percent of Republicans because people would say, "Well, that's because never Trumpers aren't there." No, these are 41 percent of Trump voters. People who are You're voting right. for right. Trump yeah. right. are only 41% of them are actually supporting him rather than voting right. against Hillary. So the, the overwhelming majority of people who have decided, not never Trumpers, but people who are voting for Trump, right. the, the majority of those people are saying, yeah, I'm not really excited about this guy. I'm actually just voting against her. So, I mean, the amount of people who get the attention, the, the Breitbarts of the world, they get the attention because they're loud not because they're the majority, or even the majority of people actually voting for Donald Trump. It's kind of an amazing... Uh, That's an
1: amazing way amazing to look stat, at it. Yeah. That's an amazing way to look at it.
3: And it gives you a little bit of hope. Maybe, you know, this isn't some giant movement of the alt-right. It's just,
1: you know, when people look... It only takes 20% of, of any movement that know exactly what they want and who they are. See how fast that hope went away, Stu? Yeah.
3: Yeah. They, I mean, well, I mean on the Glenn Beck program, it's not going <laughs> to last more than a minute. Yeah, (laughs) i I mean the 60 seconds of optimism you You know what can i I tell you can
1: i tell you why uh why i feel did you read what david french and his family are going through oh my god yeah it's terrible oh my gosh holy cow um there's an article by david french um i distinctly remember the first time i saw the picture of my seven-year-old daughter's face in a gas chamber it was September 17, 2015. I just posted a short item to the corner uh, calling out notorious Trump ally Ann Coulter for aping the white nationalist language and rhetoric of the so-called alt-right. Within minutes, the tweets came flooding in. My youngest daughter is African-American, adopted from Ethiopia, and in the alt-right circles, that's an unforgivable sin. She's, uh, it's called race cucking and raising the enemy. I saw images of my daughter's face in gas chambers with a smiling Trump in a Nazi uniform preparing to press the button to kill her. I saw her face photoshopped in images of slaves she would call a nigglet and a dindu. The alt-right unleashed on my wife Nancy, claiming that she had slept with black men while I was deployed to Iraq and that I loved to watch while she was having sex with black bucks. People sent her pornographic images of black men having sex with white women. Someone photoshopped me watching When we publicized the racist attacks, um, I in National Review and Nancy in the Washington Post, things took us for a far more ominous turn. Late in the evening, while Nancy was unfortunately, or was fortunately, offline attending a charity event in D.C., the darker quarters of the alt-right found her blog. Several different accounts began posting images and and, uh, gifs of um, extreme violence in her uh, comment section. Click on a post and scroll down, you'll see pictures of black men shooting other black men, close-up of images of suicides, grisly execution, the kind of psyche-scarring things that you can't unsee. I quickly got on the phone and called Nancy and said, don't look at your website. The next Sunday, friends from the church approached, expressed the concern not just for our safety, but for theirs. We live in a community where most of the streets have similar names, and it's uh, common for UPS drivers, FedEx deliveries, and friends to end up at the wrong house. They interpreted the images as threats, and they didn't want anyone driving in our neighborhood looking for the Frenches. It took days and hundreds of IP blocks and Twitter reports, but things finally calmed down. I thought things went back to normal. Um, I share my story because of the backlash of the alt-right that will still come. Eric Erickson experienced his own ordeal more than a month before we did. He had disinvited Trump from his red state gathering, and angry Trump supporters showed up his house. A grown man yelled at his children in a store, condemning their father for opposing Trump. Erickson wrote that his son is still fearful that Trump supporters will come back to their home. Uh, another writer, after tweeting about Trump's anti-Semitic followers, was called a slimy Jewish, a Jewess and uh, told that she deserves the un, uh, the oven. Um, uh, yada yada yada. There's just mm. more of this. Um It's not slowing down. It's not showing any signs of getting any better. The uh, president of the Arizona Republic wrote a powerful response to the deluge of threats and bullying prompted by the paper's endorsement. Uh, The Anti-Defamation League identified 800 journalists who had been targeted with anti-Semitic tweets, including Jonah Goldberg, who has borne most of the attacks. My friend Ben Shapiro... Um, uh, yada yada. Why Shapiro? Because he represents the worst of all possible anti-Trumpers. He's a Jewish man who turned the twin, turned on the twin pillars of the alt-right, Trump and Breitbart. Shapiro famously resigned from Breitbart when he refused to uh, support reporter Michelle Fields. Um, more victims are coming forward. In painful, vulnerable post, Mickey White writes about how the alt-right came after her and her family, triggering a mental health uh, crisis. Um... A horrible story there. The abuse is so common that I've lost count of the other reporters and writers who have told me in confidence of troubling late-night incidents. One never seems to stop. It hasn't stopped for us. This summer, my name leaked in the press after I spoke with Bill Crystal about the possibility of running for the White House. Um, he said that he was talking to... Um, um, uh, our, online, our online Trump world took uh, a tweet and transformed it into a campaign of harassment directed at me and my wife that continues to this day. All of it sexually charged, all of it disturbing. My wife is a tough woman. She's a survivor of sexual abuse and assault. The notion that she can no longer odor, o- open her Twitter t- timeline without seeing a man, a man boasting about having sex with her while I was gone or even while I'm at home is intolerable. Um, he talks about how she was on the phone with um, his father, and somebody broke in online and started screaming anti-Semitic things at them. Mm. They didn't know where it was coming from. Police had to rush to the house and search their dad's house to see if somebody was in the house. This is what's happening. Mm. We need to pray for these people. And now this, not getting enough sleep can be expensive. You're less productive at work. It's harder to pay attention at meetings. But here's your solution. Casper Mattress. Get the best sleep you've ever had. Casper Mattress. I have one. Pat has one. Try it for 100 nights. It has two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. And this is why Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. And it ships for free. You try it for 100 nights. If you don't love it, They pick it up, and they refund every penny. Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK towards $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. How much is a a king-size mattress? You're going to be shocked at the price of this bed. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to Casper.com. Offer code BECK. Casper.com. Offer code BECK. Glenn Beck. Mercury.
2: The Glenn Beck Program.
1: Welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you are here. It is Friday. The new Tom Hanks movie opens up. Third uh, installment of the oh Dan, yeah. uh, what's his name? Yeah,
0: the uh, Dan.
1: Uh, Vinci Code. Yeah, the Vinci Code guy.
0: Yeah, Inferno uh, is what Inferno
1: it's opens up uh, today. Can't wait to see it. More in a minute. Mercury. Uh, uh, I find it interesting uh, right now on how we are just feasting on each other. Um, interesting and horrifying. 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 It
0: really is. Yeah. I mean, I, I never thought I would see this in the right. I mean, we we have our disagreements, but it's I, to my recollection never been like this. Oh, it has never been like never this. been like this.
1: And this is not coming from. Trump supporters. This is coming from the alt right. Trump supporters, the people, yeah. Milo people, the Breitbart people, the people who are proud to be their viciousness. Oh, their viciousness. yeah, yes. People yes.
3: working with Occupy Wall Street protesters. Yes, right.
1: The same people that were working with Occupy Wall Street protesters. These are. This is a different strand of conservatism, mm-hmm. and it it's is
3: nothing to do with conservatism.
1: It doesn't. It has everything to do with. Um, occupying that space and bringing in the alt-right and we did a show today on the alt-right but um, uh, last night i i i had a very difficult i had a very difficult very difficult time last night i had a um an individual who um was given my email address by someone with my permission a couple of years ago because they were um, in the government and they were uh, under attack and unfairly under attack. And I was, they were given my email address by a guy I know, he happens to be a Mormon, um, who's in the same government agency. And uh, Mormon so, mafia. Mormon mafia. So um, uh, she reached out. I didn't even know her faith. I have no idea what her faith was until last night. Um, she wrote to me and, um, um, she basically told, uh, yeah, told me that wrote to me on my private email address and told me, um, uh, how I, um, it was good to see that I'm finally humbling myself because I'm so arrogant and now God can use me, um, as soon as I return to the Catholic church <laughs> and, uh, and it you was estranging. Uh, it's so in
0: insulting that she also said that the only reason y- you converted to a different faith was because you were following your your six year old daughter there i right. mean that, is there anything it shows more nobody insulting she's, than she's, than she's, that? yeah no
1: she she has no idea who i am it's so ridiculous. um and i uh, and I, I, I wrote to her um, and i want to share what i what, what i i wrote because I actually felt bad when I wrote this, Um, and I thought, after I sent it, I thought, I'm going to regret sending that. And, you know, I read it today, and I thought, no, I I don't regret sending this. Good. Um, And I think this is is the way, I think this is the way we're supposed to respond to each other. Um, I wrote to her, I said, thank you for your kind email, and it was not necessarily kind. It was was very long, Um, and how I'm basically, you know, in league with the devil. you, You
3: started it with a lie.
1: It was not kind. You said it was kind. I think think her intent, I think her (laughs) intent, I believe her intent was to um, correct what she felt was error. Uh, Thank you for your kind email. I know you mean well, but I want you to know I'm highly insulted as I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of the world. He is the only Redeemer of the world, your Redeemer and mine. I have done more work on theology than many average men combined. I work closely with Catholics and have a great relationship with them. We have personally saved over 4,000 Catholics just over the last 18 months in Syria and Iraq. It is, a, it is sad that a man so lost and so far from the truth was the one who led that effort, helped raise the $11 million, and never questioned the faith of anyone he was saving years after he found flaw in that doctrine. But that was my conclusion of the doctrine. And yet, I still gladly stand by and celebrate their faith. We have helped save those people, and now we are helping to rebuild the Catholic churches. I even, and I didn't put this in here, I even gave my personal promise to the archbishop, and you know, Pat, we're trying to build a school here, and you know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. that I would personally help him build a Catholic school in Iraq. So I'm helping, I'm helping build a Catholic school. That's not my faith. That's not my faith. Um, wouldn't it be amazing if we could all love one another and still see the spirit of Christ in one another? I'm tired of the second class citizen, citizenship, that so many Christians afford me and my family. By their fruits, ye shall know them. And I'm sorry that tonight in this email, my fruit is not worthy of my savior, but it seems if it's not one thing I've fallen short in, it's another. It must be nice to live a life where everyone who even casually passes you, believes they can fix what they know is wrong with you. I've done my homework, and I sincerely appreciate your prayers. I always need them especially at this time when we have come under attack from all sides. I have confidence that the Lord will be my hiding place. We, the problem I believe, one of the problems that we have is that if it says, if it says Mormon, Mormon, Mormon on the label, 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 or if it says, if it says Baptist, Baptist, Baptist on the label, 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 you will love it, love it, love it when it's on your table, table, table. But if it says something else, it's not fit for consumption for anyone. If it says GOPO, GOPO, GOPO on the label, right? If it says Democrat on the label, it doesn't matter what's inside the can, it's just the label. You know, Winston Churchill was a remarkable man. I love Winston Churchill. I am growing to respect him more and more every day because he was truly alone. He was the only one that was against fascism and communism. He saw both of those frauds and those threats. No one else saw it, not in his party, not in the opposing party, not in America, not anywhere in um, uh, France. They all looked at him as a bully. America had eviscerated the the Navy while he was in charge of the Navy in, in the First World War. They had eviscerated and forced England to sink half of their fleet. He was against it. He knew what it meant. When he saw fascism start to rise in Germany, he rang the bell. But nobody wanted to hear that. And his own party first tolerated him. Until the other party eviscerated him. And once it became clear that their problem was really that Winston Churchill was in their party, his own people turned on him. And he was chased out of London. He had nothing, nothing. It's a man who only wanted his father's respect his whole life. All he wanted was his father's respect, his father to say, good job, son. His father was a noble, and his father was a complete fraud, and his father treated him as like, like dirt. When he was in boarding school, a boarding school, his father lived just down the street from, but never would visit him. He was up on a bridge and he dropped his father's pocket watch, the only gift his father had ever given him. He dropped the pocket watch. He was so horrified that he actually went and he took shovels and he redirected the stream around the bridge. He built a dam. He then sifted through all of the dirt to find the pocket watch. Then opened up the dam, fixed everything, went to a jeweler, paid, worked for the money to repair the watch. His father said, it's just like you to be so stupid to drop it in the water. (laughs) That's the kind of life he had. Winston Churchill, when they came begging, help us, Winston, towards the very end, They came begging. He said, Some people leave their party for their principles, but most people leave their principles for their party. We are doing that with every label. And we are living in a society, we don't even see it, that the progressives started to categorize us. Do you realize that in Mexico, up until four years ago, you didn't have any government document that said, what is your race? They didn't have little boxes. Are you black, Hispanic, white? They didn't have them because they were still under the impression that people were people. It was the progressives that started putting little boxes and we have fallen into those little boxes and we have made those little boxes so airtight and so perfect that nothing that happens in our little box could possibly ever be wrong. It is those who are in the other box that are wrong. And we're not even letting our own boxes interfere with each other's box we, we can't we have ourselves compartmentalized in the church box and the life box in the work box in the family box well the work box and the family box i don't want to combine because i'm different at family than i am here i right, well i'm different in my kid box than i am in my adult box i'm different in my church box than i am in my life box what i do on friday has nothing to do with the box that i'm in on sunday A house divided against itself cannot stand. Not because it's just split apart, but because in the worst conditions, the reason why it splits is because there is no more foundation. And so it is the shifting of the ground that pulls that house and splits it apart. There's no foundation here anymore, gang. There's none. There's no foundation Now, if we can't see the Spirit of Christ in our enemies, if we can't see the fruits of people's labor and disagree with them, but still love them, still appreciate them, don't throw them under the bus. I know this is the pot calling the kettle black, but treating people with respect I respect, anybody read my Facebook post to Michelle Bachman today? Mm-hmm. It was not what the man wanted to say, but what the Spirit dictates me to say.
3: Uh, you want to give an example as it relates to faith, too? I mean, any Seventh-day Adventists on the... Yeah, on the show? No. That I know of, right?
1: No, so we can trash them? Is that what you're saying?
3: Right. Now, we yes, could. Okay. We could. We, I guess we could right. go and, and di- you know talk about how what differences in our, in our theology make it so we should fight with, with them. But let me give you a different p- potential way to go. Dr. Eric Walsh is a guy who worked um, uh, at, uh, and went for a job with the state of Georgia. He had also worked as a Seventh-day Adventist lay pastor at one point in his life. Um, when he got the job, And then lost the job two days later. His suspicion was that it was about religious intolerance. Um, He's now in a lawsuit with the state of Georgia in which they write in the lawsuit, please produce all documents relating to your service as a pastor, including, but not limited to, any contract you have had or had with the Seventh-day Adventist Church or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Please produce a copy of your sermon notes and or transcripts. We
1: must and oh. together wow. yeah we better it is not my faith that is under attack it is your faith as well it is not my church or your church it's his church and his people that are coming under attack and unless we start finding the joy in the people that are trying their best to follow his word they're going to eat us one by one Sponsor this half hour is Goldline. 21st straight month. 21st straight month. Core durable goods orders contracted year over year. 21 months in a row. The longest in U.S. history outside of a recession. I love this outside of recession. The recession is... We're still in a recession. We never got out of it. We should have been in a depression. It is fake money that the Fed gave the banks, and they bought all kinds of stuff for the stock market. This isn't real. September showed the worst month-over-month drop in business spending since 2008. But apart from that, the business in business in America is doing good. This economy is strong. Call Gold Line today, please. Spit yourself out of the system. Diversify. Have 10 percent of what you have. In something that is real and unchangeable. It's called the gold standard for a reason. And it will return to it. 866 Goldline, 1866 Goldline, or Goldline.com. Do it now.
2: Blend back program. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Back. Mercury.
3: program. Incredible WikiLeaks development uh, today, which is, they've been releasing these every day, and the one that came out that actually had the phishing link that allowed hackers to get into John Podesta's email is in this latest batch. So it was a link that looked like a, wait, someone tried to sign into your Gmail account, you better change your password. Um, And it was a phishing link. They were, you know, scamming him. (laughs) To John Podesta's credit, the guy forwarded it to his tech team The tech team responded and said it is a legitimate email. Oh, my God. So this guy actually got screwed by his own tech team. He clicked it, changed his password, which allowed them to get into his email. And that's what this whole thing came from.
1: Holy cow. Holy crap. Is that what What I have to say? Globalist. Globalist, yes. Globalist. 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 Have a safe weekend.
2: This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.